Good afternoon, Augusta and surrounding areas. This is Janice Allen Jackson, welcoming you to the May 20th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you by the Augusta Regional Airport, and as always, my firm, Janice Allen Jackson and Associates. We are preparing for the June 9th election, as you know. The last few shows have been dedicated to ensuring that you are ready to make decisions that will affect Augusta's future and, by extension, your own future. Two weeks ago, we talked about how to ensure that you are registered to vote and to get your absentee ballot if you chose not to vote in person. We also talked about using online tools to research candidates. Last week, we heard from three candidates for the District 1 Commission race, and I provided the job description for commissioners. If you missed those shows, you can still find them. I was talking to someone earlier this week who asked me what SoundCloud is. It is very easy to use this platform for music and information from people like me who believe their content is important enough to upload. If you are in your internet browser, just type in SoundCloud, S-O-U-N-D-C-L-O-U-D. Once you are at SoundCloud, please search for Local Matters in the search bar. When you see my cover art, just click on it and all of the past shows will come up. You can also go to my website, JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly, that Weebly is spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y dot com. Go to the Local Matters tab and you will see it there too. I encourage you to please share the audio with your friends and family members as well, and SoundCloud makes it very easy to do that. As you know, one of my objectives is to provide you with the information that you need, uh, and I'd like to share that with as many people as possible. We want folks to know that this show is available to assist them uh, in critical times such as this upcoming election. Also last week, I discussed some of the skills commissioners need to possess related to financial management, hiring professionals to actually run the day-to-day -day operations of the government, and setting priorities and improving ordinances for our community. This week, I will discuss something just as, or even more important, which is the people skills associated with serving in public office. As you know, I worked in local government for many years, and as I look back, there were many opportunities for me to interact with members of the public to understand their needs, expectations, and indeed their frustrations. In Augusta and other places, I have heard ears full from residents saying that they did not trust the same people they had elected to represent them. Of course, you will hear similar statements from people all over the country about their governments, be it at the local, state, or federal levels. As I listen to members of the public, though, I also pick up on some of the other things that have stuck with me over the years. One such time that I will discuss with you today happened many years ago. In fact, it was probably about 1994, 1995, and it was during the time I worked in Albany, Georgia. At that time, I was their assistant city manager, and uh, we had just uh, come out of the great flood of 1994. I had been invited by a minister to be a guest pre presenter at the Sunday school class that he teaches, and um, he wanted me to just come in and speak, just give them an update sort of on where the community was, and actually took time away from the Sunday school class to do that. 
As he introduced me, he said something that was extremely important to me and in fact so important that I have not forgotten it since 1995. He said, more than anything, we want to believe that there are people in government that we can trust. So today, as you consider who you're going to vote for, please factor the trust issue in. And let's talk about what makes someone trustworthy. One, do they have integrity? Integrity is defined as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Those of us who are gifted by God with a discerning spirit can often just speak to somebody for a couple minutes and observe them even. You don't even have to be speaking to them in person. And you can kind of look to see that is this person someone who has a great sense of integrity. Next, related to integrity, of course, is do they tell the truth? Can you believe in what they say to you? Third, do they do what they said they would do? And fourth, do they act in the best interest of the organization and of the community? You want to select people you can trust to look out for your best interest. Of course, I ask you to put that in perspective uh, because you have to understand that one commissioner can only do what he or she can get support of his colleagues to do. So, for instance, there may be times, and I've seen many of them over the course of these many years, where an elected official has placed an elected official uh, placed an item on the agenda for consideration. Uh, they and their colleagues have had an opportunity to deliberate on those ideas. And unfortunately, he or she was not able to get the support they needed to make uh, that idea come true or bring that concept to fruition. In those instances, they may very well have worked as hard as they could have on delivering something that they had promised to their constituents. Uh, and that's why I ask us as constituents to be realistic in terms of our expectations. We have to know that, yeah, maybe it didn't happen, but it's not because of lack of trying. That elected official really did try to bring those issues to bear and just simply was not able to get that support from his or her colleagues. In fact, on next week's show, we'll talk a little bit more about that process of teamwork and how elected officials have to work together uh, to make some things happen. So I just say that so you keep it in perspective. Uh, just because that elected official promised you something, it didn't come to fruition. It doesn't mean that uh, he lied to you or he didn't try. Uh, it just means that they weren't able to pull together that support. So please keep those things in mind. But generally, going back to our definition of trustworthiness, uh, those are the basic factors to consider. Honesty, truth, uh, following through on what was promised or expressed, and always can you tell if that interest is that person is acting in the best interest of the organization, the community, and you, uh, his or her constituent. Uh, Interestingly, as I talk about that example with the Sunday school class, that happened to be at a white church. It was a large white Baptist church in Albany. Uh, I say that just to point out that regardless of what people's backgrounds are, uh, regardless of their race, gender, age, I have seen those same expectations across the board. People really want to uh, believe that they can trust and believe in the folks that they elect to represent them. Uh, so um, the reason that that is so important is that those folks are setting tax rates, 
and they're supposed to be representing your interests. You see them in the news media, in the newspaper, on TV. They're talking to you about what hap- what is happening and what their perspective is on what's happening. And you really have to, uh, you really want to feel like you can trust the people who are in front of you making those types of comments. Uh, we also know it's extremely difficult to figure out if somebody really is honest, so to speak. Sometimes it, people can be very tricky. They're folks who are extremely manipulative and they're capable of being very deceptive. Uh, and I ask you uh, to please take several things into consideration, particularly with elected officials. You know, you may have met them once or twice. You don't know them that well. Uh, that's why one of the things that I talked about last week was not just your own observations, but talking to people who may know them in a community the size of Augusta, chances are there's somebody that you know who knows this person, even if you don't personally. So you you just sort of ask questions to assess the uh, integrity of the person that you're considering voting for. Um, As you also want to gauge whether someone is honest, there's some questions you can ask yourself. First, are they consistent? A trustworthy person will use roughly the same behavior and language in any situation. They have the self-control to maintain character and follow through on what they say they'll do, even when they are tempted to walk it back. They won't wear different masks or pretend that there's someone they're not just to impress you. Switching gears comes from having learned reliable new information, not from self-serving whims. What's more, what they say matches what you hear from others. Two, a trustworthy person also shows compassion and humility. Both these traits demonstrate that the person can think of others well and doesn't consider themselves more important than anyone else. Let me say that again, folks. The person who shows compassion and humility, the person who is trustworthy, doesn't consider themselves as more important than anyone else. Because they are more outwardly focused, they're less likely to step on your toes or betray you to get something they need or want done. Third, they respect boundaries. They avoid bullying and acknowledge that no means no. Fourth, they compromise and don't expect something for nothing. Small sacrifices show that the individual recognizes that trust is indeed a two-way street. They are willing to get a little to give something back later. And five, they're relaxed, and so are you. A person who is faking it and who is more likely to behave in shady ways usually will display some signs of anxiety, such as agitated body language. If a person seems at ease, they likely have nothing to hide and are being honest and open with you. Sixth, they are respectful when it comes to time. Trustworthy people do their best not to be late or cancel plans at the last minute because they know doing so inconveniences you and violates promises. Seven, they show gratitude. Trustworthy individuals are willing to admit that they can't do it all alone and value teamwork. They give credit where it's due, even if it means they don't advance as quickly or shine as much themselves. Eight, they give up all the facts, even if it hurts. Trust and transparency matters to trustworthy people. They won't lie by omission or fudge data. They will give up even the information that could put their reputation at risk or create conflict, believing that those conflicts can be solved with good empathy and communication. Nine, they confide in you. 
Confiding in someone, exposing faults and all involves a certain amount of vulnerability. So when someone confides in you, it demonstrates that the individual already trusts you and they want to be open with them too. 10. They aren't materialistic or desperate for money. While there's zero wrong with having nice things, trustworthy people don't put stuff ahead of people. They're willing to give up what they have or could have had to help. Financial stability facilitates trust because it reduces the temptation to treat others poorly out of need for self-preservation. Eleven, they're right a lot. Because trustworthy people value truth, they're willing to do their homework. They do the research that leads to verifiable conclusions so they have a track record of having the right answers. Twelve, they skip the water cooler gossip. Trustworthy people don't like to make assumptions about anything or anybody. They prefer to get information from the source and to let the source speak for themselves. They avoid rumors because they know that rumors usually include negativity that tears people down instead of building them up. When they do talk, their language is empowering and respectful. 13. Trustworthy people are learners. Individuals who are worth your trust know that they don't have all the answers. They look for ways to learn and improve themselves constantly, and through that process, they're willing to share the resources and facts that they find. Number 14. They know who they're connected to, and they try to connect you. Both those elements show that the other person sees you as important. They want you to be part of their regular social group and meet the people you need to succeed. Others can affirm or contradict what you know about the individual too. Subsequently, the more people the individual introduces you to, the more likely it is that they're not hiding who they are. 15. They're there for you and others. Trustworthy people will listen to and support you even when you don't even when they don't need something from you. They do their very best to be available to help whatever you might be going through. Of course, this lesson in trust doesn't just apply to public servants. It applies to everybody that you encounter in your daily life. It occurs when you're selecting friends, uh, when you're selecting life partners, when you're selecting business partners. Uh, It applies to situations in the workplace where you're dealing with people and you sort of wonder, "Eh, my antenna may be going up. I'm not sure if I can trust this individual. Uh, These are the types of things that you can go back to uh, to give you a point of reference as to whether someone is truly trustworthy and someone that you should truly want to uh, expose yourself to, open up yourself to. Having said that, a good public servant is somebody you can trust. Again, the goal is, are uh, they looking out for your best interest as uh, residents of that particular community, as residents of that particular district, or are they there for other reasons? Is it there for some form of self-aggrandizement, moving themselves forward, Hope not, but sometimes, unfortunately, people run for office for financial gain. Uh, They run for power and authority and attention as opposed to running uh, in order to serve the best interests of those particular communities that they are seeking to serve. Now, having that background in mind, this whole concept of trust, um, I want you to think through that and I want you to listen to our candidates who are running for District 3 
uh, commission seat. Uh, there are four candidates. Of course, I extended invitations to all four. I received responses from three. Uh, in order today, you will hear from Robert Cooks, uh, Catherine Smith-McKnight, and Sean Mooney. I'm Robert Cooks, candidate for District 3 commission seat in Augusta Richmond County. I'm reminded of 20 years ago when I was the keynote speaker at the Martin Luther King banquet for the NAACP. And I committed to providing quality housing to folks in Augusta Richmond County. My very first customer and client was Daisy Johnson. Her house had burned down and she had a $20,000 insurance check which was not enough money to buy a home. In my job, I was committed to providing quality, affordable housing for both low and moderate income folks. Ms. Johnson was the first beneficiary of that initiative. Governor Barnes and I, and board members from Augusta Native Improvement Corporation provided that assistance to her. Got a brand new house. We fulfilled our commitment and made an impact in the community. That was my most impactful public service initiative that I've ever uh, can recall. In looking at the opportunity to see what I could do to address Augusta, Richmond County, if there was one thing I would do. It would be to make Augusta, Richmond County a livable city for ages 8 to 80 where quality housing, infrastructure, and services were all equal. Parity was for everybody, no matter your socioeconomic status. Everyone would feel Augusta was a great place to live. As a community grows, we must consider all citizenry to make sure that all of our citizens have the opportunity, no matter what their demographic status is. Augusta Richmond County can be that place, can be that community, and it takes leadership to make that happen. I am Robert Cooks, the candidate for District 3 Commission. Go. Hi, Janice. This is Catherine Smith McKnight. I am a candidate here running for District 3 County Commissioner in Augusta. Um, my first uh, question uh, that you wanted to ask me was my most significant accomplishment in public, um, in public service. Uh, well, here's what I would like to say is that um, my most significant public accomplishment is also very personal for me. I worked as a uh, early childhood pre uh, preschool PK teacher for several years, and I learned so much during the time. And the experience helped me to raise my own three children. Here's here's the beautiful thing about teaching: even though the students may not be your biological children, you still have the responsibility of taking care of them and nurturing them. Many years later, I still have parents come up to me and say that their child loved having me as their teacher. 
even the students who are grown up now will come up and hug my neck. They never forget having me as their teacher. I look, I do, I took great pride in that. Uh, the job didn't pay a lot, but that didn't matter because I loved what I was doing. I love children. I love their kindness, their honesty. We as adults can learn a lot from young children in that regard. My accomplishment was that I made an impact on the lives of children, and I know that I can do the same for the citizens of Augusta. Putting their needs first and learning from them will be an accomplishment as well when I'm elected. The other question that you had uh, wanted to ask me was, if I could make one thing happen for Augusta, uh, what would it be? Well, I would like to see Augusta become a place where anybody and everybody can achieve, regardless of how much money they make or what color they are. This is why I care so much about maintenance before growth. It's what I am running on. Augusta is a beautiful city with a lot of economic opportunities, and I understand why our government and business partners focus so much on the growth. At the same time, there are about 200,000 people who live in our city, and sometimes they feel left out of the process. I've had conversations with folks who feel left out and they want to see our city leaders take care of what we already have. Think about how many areas in this city that have been, uh, that have a negative reputation. Think about how dissatisfied people are with some of our schools. I know we can change those things. I'm emphasizing we because this isn't about individuals. This is about us working together. This, uh, that type of attention to detail can change the way people feel about Augusta and will pave the way, no pun intended, for future growth and development here in the Garden City. And Janice, Augusta has a pronoun problem, which you, you might be aware of. Far too long it's been me, my, and I and when elected, I will work to change our pronouns to we and us. Thank you. My name is Sean Mooney, and I'm a candidate for commissioner of District 3 here in Augusta, Georgia. I'm a small business family man here uh, looking for your vote. One of the questions that we have here is, what is the most significant accomplishment in my public life? Well, I can't say this. My public service is just beginning, but my private life has is, is taken the form of many different things from from my uh, involvement with things like Leadership Augusta, Friends of Francis, uh, Safe Homes, uh, there's a lot of different uh, organizations that I've been a part of to help raise awareness or raise funds. But I would say this, one of the most uh, influential and, and important uh, tasks that I've been a part of recently has been my work with the We Give a Shirt campaign. So our company, Show Pony, as well as our sister company, Wear Stewart, have created an online forum where we where we have uh, the availability to ask people to purchase shirts, uh, you know, a $20 t-shirt and $10 goes directly back to the businesses who have been closed by coronavirus. Um, together with their teamwork, we've been able to raise over $127,000 for the community, which has been pivotal in times uh, of hardship. So I'm pretty proud of that one. Um, if I could make one thing happen for Augusta, uh, what would it be? Well, I, I think if there's one thing that I could make happen for Augusta, it would be to improve the, uh, the public's perception of their local government. Uh, our commissioners work really hard, uh, and there's a lot of good work happening, but of course there's always room for improvement. Uh, part of our job as commissioners is to demonstrate to people that we represent, uh, to the people, that we 
demonstrate to the people that we represent that we have their best interests in mind, that we listen to them, that we're committed to working together as a commission and with our constituents to advance the city. Uh, for me, this question is closely related to my first tenet and my platform, which is to build a collaborative commission, one that is cohesive and well-functioning and demonstrates to its constituents that we're willing and able to work for them. Uh, how do we do that? Well, we have to start by having more meaningful yet succinct commission meetings. Uh, we do our due diligence as commissioners before we show up on Tuesdays, ready to settle the issues rather than debate them or kick them down the road if we don't have to. Um, we can educate ourselves on these issues by talking to our constituents and talking to the appropriate city department head. So I, I think that it's important that uh, if we could do one thing for Augusta, I would, I would really want to improve um, the public's perception of their local government. We certainly want to thank these candidates for the District 3 seat for making themselves available to uh, respond to our question. I hope that their answers are informative for you. Want to take note of the fact that early voting has begun. It started this week. Uh, first advanced voting location, as always, is the municipal building in the Linda Beasley room at 535 Telfair Street on the first floor. <clears throat> Early voting is available there uh, eight, starting at 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then next week is a short week because of the Memorial Day holiday, uh, May 26th to May 29th, again from 8.30 a to 5 p. They'll also be open at the Municipal Building for voting on Saturday, May 3rd from 9 to 4. And on that Saturday, several other locations throughout the community will be open for advanced voting. Those include Diamond Lakes, Henry Brigham, and Warren Road Community Centers. Again, those community centers open on Saturday, May 30th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then the following week, June 1st through June 5th, advanced voting is available at all of those locations, being the Municipal Building, Diamond Lakes, Henry Brigham, Warren Road. Again, Municipal Building, Diamond Lakes, Henry Brigham, Warren Road. Of course, this year, uh, voting is entirely different because of our COVID-19 uh, crisis. Um, some things are the same. Some things are different. For instance, for all in-person voting, a photo ID is still going to be required. Um, next, voters are asked to wear a clean face covering when they come in. Uh, we want to protect the voters other voters as well as poll workers. So uh, please wear a clean face covering when you come into the polling place if you choose to vote in person. Voting in person will likely take longer due to social distancing and the limited number of staff and voters allowed in each facility. So the Board of Elections is acting proactively to uh, limit the number of people who are in a facility at once and that may slow down the process. So be prepared to be there a little longer if you do choose to vote in person. They do encourage all voters to vote by mail. Uh, still not too late <clears throat> to request an absentee ballot via the application process that we discussed a couple of shows ago. Um, you go to the MVP My Voter page at the Georgia Secretary of State's website to apply for an absentee ballot if you uh, have misplaced that application that came to your home. They are strongly, again, encouraging people to vote by mail. If you choose to cancel your mail-in absentee ballot, bring it to the polls. I want to say that again. If you prepare that absentee ballot, then you want to cancel it out. You need to bring it to the polls 
so that they know you're turning in that ballot and then in turn voting in person. Uh, we appreciate your patience and understanding. Um, that note came from the Richmond County Board of Elections uh, and coming directly from me as your host of Local Matters. We appreciate everything you're doing during this critical time uh, to ensure that you exercise your right to citizenship here in our country. Uh, related to citizenship, uh, please also pay attention to the census. I've not talked about that in a couple of shows because I've been so focused on voting, but want you to uh, know that the Census Bureau keeps up with the self-response rates uh, on a regular basis. It's only about a day or two delay from what's on their website uh, and what happened. So as of May 17th, the national self-response rate was 59.6%, which is to say that 59.6% of those who received the uh, forms have responded. The Georgia self-response rate is lower than that. Georgia self-response rate is 55.7%. So we're lagging behind uh, the national rate uh, by about four percentage points. And then if you go into our congressional district, you see we're lagging behind even further. 